Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is... This Matthew, Yolanda, and Rick better not be out of the JSA permanently. Pass. Is that Swahili? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's like an earlier variation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Indeed. So today on the show, folks, we are covering episode eight of season two of Stargirl. In this episode... Yeah, this episode was entitled Chapter 8, Summer School Chapter 8. It was uh, written by Andy Armaganian and directed by Stephen Harper. So, there we go. There you go. Oh, wait, you know, I will oh, wait say- no, the other way around. Sorry, I just screwed oh. that up. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? I will say that... I like the episode of season two more than season one, but I like the season one titles for the episodes better. Yeah. <laughs> You're just saying chapter eight, chapter seven, whatever. Yeah, they're it's like they're phoning it in on that, I think. Um, just a little. A little. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fun for the first couple episodes, like, oh, okay, summer school, but it's like, all right, we're we're eight episodes in now. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, hopefully season three, they'll go back to, like, giving them good names. Um, no, it's be called, like, Spring Vacation or Spring Break or, like, or, you know, Winter Break um, Session. <laughs> whatever. Um, so, um... I, I love <laughs> So, in, in this episode, Matt, um... Just jump right in here to the uh, to the summary of the plot here. First off, actually, before we jump into that, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. Um, I like how the last two episodes have 
kind of taking a break from just all the excitement of like the past, I don't know, three episodes. Yeah. I think it's been pretty intense pretty much since like episode four and then going into six. I mean, it was like action packed, especially see, especially episode five. Um, that was pretty intense. And then, of course, episode six when Eclipso apparently killed, um, you know, Cindy Berman and um, uh, Isaac. But um, yeah, but we're not sure if they're really dead or not because we learned a little bit more about the Shadowlands in this particular episode. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it happens. I mean, I, this wasn't my favorite episode of this season. It was kind of slightly boring, but it was okay. You know, I liked it mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Um, so in, in this episode, we start out here where Yolanda has returned the wildcat gear to Courtney. And uh, Court- Courtney is still struggling with her, you know, with uh, Yolanda's decision to leave the JSA. You know, like you would. Yeah. And uh, so then we, we, we go over to Rick's house. And his teacher, Miss Woods, gives him a visit. To uh, give him some like information about applying for colleges, uh, before, and then um, his his asshole uncle Matt comes out all drunk and tells her to leave. You know, yeah, and says uh, you'll end up in jail before you end up in college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> typical like drunk ass, like angry, you know, Trump supporter guy who's not like you know happy with his life or. Whatever. So, you know, he takes it out on like his, you know, younger relatives. Yes, like they do. Um, <laughs> um, Rick ends up uh, heading off to visit Grundy, and uh, Grundy is sympathetic to his problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the only adult who is right now. <laughs> Pretty much. But he like, I mean, even Pat and stuff, they're not really, you know, asking him how he's doing and stuff like that. They're just kind of, you know, JSA teammates and Pat's kind of like the coach. But nobody's been really, you know, asking, you know, Rick how he's been doing. Uh, yeah, he kind of has like this sort of breakdown when he's about about to deliver some food to Grundy and just pretty much just screaming out to no one really. I don't think he was actually screaming out to Grundy, but then Grundy heard him and then they ate apples. Well, well Grundy ate most of the apples, and Rick was just telling them like the story. Uh, <clears throat> I understand the message he was getting, but it was kind of rude comparing him to a dog. But I, I get the spirit behind the story. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's basically saying that, you know, when he was young, his brother got a, a dog that he wanted to be a, a fight dog. He was you know, very vicious, and he just treated his dog even, even worse so that he'd, you know, be more angry and aggressive. But Rick um, took the dog away once and gave it to a family in a nearby town called Oakville, which we hear a lot about Oakville in, in this season, in the last season as well. And... 
uh, you know, he just lied to his uncle, said that he ran away or whatever. But uh, you know, the dog had you know reacclimated to his new home and environment, and within a year, he was you know a completely different type of dog. So he, he was basically saying, "Oh, Grundy, you could be a good dog," <laughs> but, but but you know. You know, the spirit behind the message was nice, and then he, he didn't think that Grundy understood what he was talking about, but then Grundy patted him on the back, you know, as gently as he could with his huge hands, and, and then he gave him one of Rick's apples that Rick had given, given to him, so technically it was Rick's, but anyway, yeah. again, that was a nice spirit behind that mm-hmm. gesture as well, but, um, so they're kind of like become buddies somewhat now. Yeah, they're sharing apples. Like you do. As you do, you know, with a really tall, big, beastly looking dude with like a emo haircut, kind of. <laughs> Maybe Solomon Grundy was just like some emo kid they like found and they just like did experiments on and then made him like a huge, you know, dude or whatever. Yeah, he was, uh, he was like a. Uh, the singer of Hawthorne Heights, and he uh, yeah, or something like you know, some Midwest you know post emo band from, like 2004 era or something like that. You know? They're like, hey, this this kid looks like he might be trouble. Maybe you know we'll we'll like tell him about our manifesto to save the world, and then we'll just have the Doctor Ito do some fucked up experiments on him, and then turn him into you know Solomon Grundy. That was actually the, the that was actually the kids emo band. It was called Solomon Grundy. You know they thought that was like a cool. <laughs> you know, like, had a cool, like, ironic grunge sound name, because, you know, Grundy sounds kind of like grunge. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a cool, that's a cool name, why don't you just go over here really quick, and we'll just go do, oh, they, you know, they shoot him up or something, and then, you know, that that's my headcanon for Solomon Grundy's, you know, origin story. He was a Midwest post-emo band singer for a band called Solomon Grundy, and then he wasn't that good of a singer, though, so like no one really missed him when he was gone. They just replaced him with someone who was actually a little bit better than he was. And then they changed the name. They didn't really like the name Solomon Grundy anyway, so now... And then that, that band became Hawthorne Heights, like you said, so it kind of just, you know... Yeah. The tale tells itself, you know. Makes sense. Yeah. So... We've got, um... Meanwhile, this is uh, Eclipso. It starts to cause <laughs> Beth to hallucinate. First off, um, she hallucinates that her parents blame her for their divorce, and uh, then he starts to like cast doubts to her about her inclusion in the JSA, <laughs> and becomes very, very racist. I know that was so fucked up. Uh, especially coming from like a little kid. Yeah, like it was creepy just, as fuck. I know. And plus, too, like how he was like he was biting on the lollipop too, like not even just sucking it, just biting. Yeah. Like man, like that was just jarring. <laughs> yeah, and um, but Beth overcomes all this because she's uh, you know, got her uh. It got her self-confidence, you know, and she's basically able to overcome him. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting because we were already talking about, like, a few episodes ago about how 
you know, we hope that they, they do something with Beth this season because she's always been kind of like a, almost like the least, I guess, athletic of the JSA. I mean, like, not necessarily saying that, like, everybody has to have, like, equal athleticism, but, like, it seemed like most, at least most of the people had something going. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, like the original Dr. Midnight wasn't just a guy who had goggles, basically. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's kind of what they were doing with Beth for a while, it seemed like. So, finally, they, if you think about it, too, because she's the first person who's actually faced Eclipso without any kind of, like, powers, like, yeah. just herself. That's pretty extreme, you know? Um, and, and he was, like, grabbing hold of her arm and stuff, too, physically. I mean, he wasn't just getting into her head. I mean, like, you know, and... Well, no, actually, it turned out it wasn't her head. But, like, still, you know... Yeah, it, because, I mean, like, she, while she's doing this, I mean, she thinks she went over to Courtney's and stuff and everything, but that was all in her head. Yeah. Yeah. So, it... Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, the yeah, it, it, I just found it was really weird. Like all of a sudden, the whole racism thing that was just weird to me. <laughs> I, I like saying stuff like, "Like I, I know about your kind." Yeah. And stuff. At first, I didn't even know if that's what he even meant. I, I thought he meant like the JSA, like because he's on the opposite side. So I thought he meant like I know your kind, like were enemies, but then he kept saying stuff about like, oh, I guess some stereotypes aren't true, and I'm like, what? This kid talking about, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of creepy. Um, racist kids are like the creepiest thing in the world. I know. It's just, it's just I want to know who this kid is. Like, like Bruce, like he chooses this form more than any other form. I want to know why. Like, is this? Because well, apparently we're going to learn of Eclipse's origin story soon, maybe next episode or next couple episodes. So maybe, and you know, with the TV, that you kind of do things different than the comic book. So maybe we're going to see, maybe that was him, or, or who knows? Maybe that was his his son or younger brother or something. Maybe the reason why he even wanted to get powers in the first place was in the whole like the whole st- tale of you know, trying to get power, but then it corrupts you type of thing, so maybe he had good intentions, then he became Eclipso and, like, a monster now or whatever. We'll we'll find out. But. Yeah, hopefully it all uh, coalesces and makes sense soon. Um, yeah, um, we, we get to this point where um, where uh, Beth gets, you know, not gets out of the, you know, returns to reality by putting on the goggles and basically using that as a defense to, you know, um, block um, Eclipso. And uh, this was told to her by Dr. McKnighter, who uh, she can now hear in the goggles. And basically he tells her that he's being hunted in this, uh, shadow land or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's a land of shadows. It's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's the shadow land, right? I mean, right. There's no need to clarify what that means. Apparently it's, it's like the bad part of town, right? No, no. Well, he said, he said they, he said, I think they 
see me. So there's like multiple people there must be. And, um, and that's where the shade maybe gets his power from. We'll start maybe get hints of that. Yeah. Or that he utilizes that power because, and he says something to them might be a breach. So who knows? Maybe we're going to see all kinds of crazy shit coming out now because, you know, apparently that's not supposed to be anything that could break through into like the real world. So maybe we, we might see even creepier shit than Eclipso coming out in the next few episodes. Yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here, and hopefully, we get some answers soon. <laughs> I know we only got five episodes left, so yeah, yeah it get count. I'd really like to see uh, McNighter, you know, somehow join them in the flesh or something. I mean, not to take away the whole uh, Doctor Midnight thing from uh, Beth. Which he, he now calls her, so which is good. You know, he basically says she's the new Doctor Midnight, so he's right, past, right, yeah. past the torch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the goggles say that. Um, it's a fish. Yeah, it's fish. There's fish. What kind? <laughs> In the channel, it's not that great. It's not. It's not as good as like you know down here on Earth or whatever. <laughs> and uh, you know, the best fish you got to get is the the the, the restaurant called Solomon Grundy's. They, um, you know, Hawthorne Heights, after they, you know, they got tired of touring all the time, so they ended up buying a restaurant, you know, invested some of their money from their sports records, and they bought a little they restaurant. Just, they just bought an old Long John Silver's, and they just served the old food that was left over. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much it. I mean, it's, you know, it's <laughs> very few, you know, investments in the materials and product, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it works. It worked out for about a week or so, and then... Um, <laughs> And uh, none of this is true, by the way. So yeah. I don't want to be like, <laughs> like saying I'm making shit up about a, a real band in real life. Mm-hmm. Fake news. No. Um, and and uh, yeah, Doctor McNider um, told her to keep the, the goggles on all time at all times now because it can detect lies. Yeah, and it can protect her from uh, from uh, Eclipso. Basically, Eclipso can't get in if she's wearing the goggles. Right, which is so got I'm starting to wonder which has got that's going to be her. New, yeah, I'm wondering that's going to be her new power. She's going to be able to do some weird computer shit and basically make goggles for everyone else in the JSA so that they can't. Yeah, you know, so, um, not seduced, but deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, seduced by Eclipso. <laughs> Whoa, that's a whole other movie. Uh, yes, that, that's the X-rated movie, Seduced by Eclipso. <laughs> Gross! Do you want to take a quick break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of the episode? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. 
So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space, and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. are back folks back back we are back i came back anyways so um response sounds the same so what we got here is a failure to communicate no um what we okay the next uh next thing um that's happening in this episode is um eclipso starts manipulating rick into thinking that Grundy killed the little girl. And then, uh, Rick gets mad at him and he starts, you know, chasing him and he uses his hour power and, um, <laughs> he has hour power yep. to, uh, beat him down. And, uh, Basically, what ends up happening is he's not beating Grundy. Eclipso's fucking with his mind and making him think that his uncle Matt is uh, is actually Grundy, and so he's basically beats his uncle Matt to a pulp. Yeah, I mean, I still feel really sore. You know, I think. Um, yeah. He beat he beat me pretty bad. No, you not know? you, not you, Matt. Oh right, yeah. There's, Which you know, I call bullshit because yeah, if he thought. He was beating up Solomon Grundy. Yeah, he he would have killed a regular sized person by the kind of strength he was trying to muster. So yeah, so you know what I mean? Like because of like if you think you're hitting something larger than what it is, you're you in your mind you're trying to use what you think would be the appropriate. Yeah, it's, it's it's just like if you're trying to if 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 you're jumping down two stairs on a on a staircase, you're gonna jump at one strength and if you're jumping from three stairs you're going to jump at another yeah so it's so the same I kind of yeah couples too. <laughs> yeah and, or unless of course maybe he was holding back on solomon grundy like he did before he didn't really want to kill him but he yeah. still still had to beat him up but even so i'm pretty sure matt would have been a goner but yeah oh, but, he, oh well. but either way he beat matt to a pulp and mm-hmm. you know matt's like unconscious and everything and being rushed to the hospital and uh, Rick is arrested, and uh, when he realizes that he attacked, that he had beat up his uncle and not Grundy, he uh, he destroys his hourglass amulet. And then, Idiot. Yeah. And then, um, while this is happening, Grundy himself is watching this from afar, kind of like sad and stuff. You know, he's kind of solemn. Yeah, Solomon. You know, <laughs> Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Solomon, and he's you know, 
Grundy. I can't think of anything that rhymes with Grundy. But, um, <laughs> he's grungy. Speaking he of, says, speaking of 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 food, um, you know, at that restaurant, they serve yeah. salmon Grundy. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> so, you know, um, another another pun joke. <clears throat> There's um, I just came up with this literally right now. It's not even a real joke, but um, <clears throat> so there is a um, there is a person, um, a, a guy from Iran, you know, uh, ancient Iran. Persia, whatever it was called uh, at the time, Persian Empire or something. Um, he was um, a Zoroastrian, and uh, his priest, um, he, he was kind of like a, almost like a, I guess like the equivalent of like an altar boy, like he was kind of, like a men- he was learning from priests and stuff. And, um, he, you know, he said, you know, there's going to be a new prophet coming out. You know, that's what he said too, just like a new prophet coming out, like a new album, you know, I better check it out. And, um, so then he went to, you know, he found, he figured it was uh, Muhammad. And his name was, was um, Salman, you know, the, the Persian, or, you know, Salmon, the Perchin. Yes, I just came up with that literally right now. Um, and I'm going to go to hell for telling that joke. But uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so how about them um, local sports teams in the game? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going to be a great comedian. Um <laughs> I'm going to tell that joke live and get, like, destroyed um, by it, hecklers. It, 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 it'd be like the fish list that uh, Marshall tells on um, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Um, I don't remember that, actually. Yeah, fish he, list. He, he, ha- he tries to stand up one time, and he goes up, and all he just does is name fish. <laughs> and he thinks it's funny That's somehow. Awful. Like, Sturgeon? I don't think so. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Now. Um, oh, by the way, for Solomon Grunder, he, he says friend, like, yeah. like you know, he's like some uh, like it's like a Harry and the Henderson type of episode, really. If yeah. you think about it, like you know, for Hendersons rather, mm-hmm. that would be a much much more um, uh, sad movie with just Harry and the Henderson because he killed the rest of the family. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So uh, after Rick is arrested and Mike and not Mike Matt is sent to the hospital, um, they uh, watch from afar. I mean, I mean, I mean, he, oh, I mean, Grundy's watching from afar and everything. But then we cut to uh, Barbara and Mike, and their house is. Uh, they're, they're like comforting each other, you know. He's he's calling her mom and everything, and everything's cool. And then uh, their house gets encased in ice. Uh oh. And that's how we end the episode. I wonder. I wonder who it could be because we've already seen ice powers being, mm-hmm. you know, sort of released or you know they were dormant and now they're, you know, they're becoming you know manifesting from. From Cameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, too. So when they, um, when Rick thought that Solomon had killed that girl, mm-hmm. and um, Pat and um, um, Courtney, Courtney actually found a girl with Rebecca McNider. Like he, he's choosing these type of. I don't know what why he's so obsessed with 
I mean, you think you know, they could have chosen any girl. Like, why? Why would it be the form of Rebecca McKnight? You know, yeah. I mean? It just. It, it, and so I'm starting to wonder if it's because of Pat. Did Pat know her at some point in time? Because because the way time works in this this universe is really it's always been. It, it it's like everything about the JSA like feels like it's like in the 1940s, but then the story begins in 2010. So it's like, yeah, I don't, there's gotta be something going on. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know really what's going on there and what's going on in this earth, you know, too. Cause yeah, we'll see what's happening too, because this is earth too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, cause we do have, um, speaking of like things, we'll talk a little speculation here. I know that, uh, I think it's the next episode. We're getting flashbacks to the JSA flashbacks nice yeah and um we're gonna find out more and this is the episode that john wesley ship's gonna be in so i don't think he's gonna be in present day he's just gonna be in which sucks well maybe he'll maybe he will be in a few episodes yeah maybe he'll who knows (laughs) but i I was i was hoping there'd be some kind of crossover where you could connect the flash to the show now but you know you you still do but you don't you know at the same time if you're doing flashbacks it's because he's from Earth Two, the like, original Earth Two. Yeah, but now he's living in Earth One, Earth Prime, or Earth Prime, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there. So, so, yeah, so he was from like OG Earth Two, and then he moved to Earth Three because they needed a Flash more than Earth Two did, I guess, for yeah. some reason. Oh, no, that was because um, um, I forgot her name. She was only in um, uh, hair. Harry Wells' daughter, oh. she became Flash. Jesse Quick, yeah. Yeah, but then Earth 2 was destroyed, like everything else, and every everyone there is presumed dead. We don't know. But um, but then when Oliver Queen recreated the multiverse, which nobody knows really exists now except for a few people, um, pretty much everything was just redone. So like this Earth 2 might not even be the same Earth 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's very but, but, hard but it's to, just interesting because like like uh Jay Garrick used to live on Earth two, now he's in he lives in Earth One after he had lived in Earth Three, so it's like okay. Because Earth It's yeah. very hard to yeah. but once you watch like the five hundred thousand episodes that CW pumps out, it just becomes a sort of intuitive thing. You just sort of can understand it. But like before you before you get to that point though, like I when I started watching these shows, I was like I was so confused. I'm like, how does this match up with that it's like you just keep watching it over time you just it just sort of like just go with the flow you just kind of feel out for it you know <laughs> yeah just hopefully in the next episode um things will uh make sense and we'll start to understand what's uh going on with you know why eclipso is doing what he's doing why he's taking the form of bruce you know we'll get some more uh you know, hopefully we'll get some more Joel McHale and them. I know, I know for a fact we're getting Joel McHale and Jeff, John Wesley ship in the next episode. So that would be so cool. Yeah. I want to meet that guy so much. John Wesley. John, yeah. John, well, Joel McHale too, but yeah. I have a feeling that he might be a little bit sarcastic, but, um, yeah. but, but John Wesley ship seems to be like generally like kind. Like yeah. Just, I follow like, him on Facebook. He's always really cool posts and everything. Love to get him on the show, but you know I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see. There, he was well, recently I mean, but, you know. he was recently interviewed on um, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. So 
I have yet, cool. I have yet to listen to the episode, but I know he was on there recently, so I'll have to check that out soon. And yeah. everybody else should too, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else, Matt, before we wrap things up today? Uh, let's see. Going through my mind here. Um, <laughs> was that the sound of your mind? That was like the typewriter in my mind, yeah. Oh, okay. Sort of clicking away. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please give us a five-star review. If you, uh, you know, have any theories of what's going to happen here on Stargirl, message me at mikeatcullenpark.com. Also, uh, check out our alltoreal2.com for links to all of our all of our um, episodes and our social media and all that good stuff. You can check us because we've got like a, we've got a link to our Facebook. We got a link to our Twitter, our Instagram, our TikTok, which we haven't figured out what we're doing with yet. <laughs> got suggestions. Let me know. Also uh, check out our T public and our uh, Patreon. Good ways to support the show. Also, like I said, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, but, you know, until next time, folks, get vaxxed, wear a mask, wear a condom, <laughs> and bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.